You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Angela, welcome back to episode two of our series on websites. Sexy websites, yes. (laughs) Well, the ones that we are going to talk about today are probably a bit more sexy than the ones that we talked about in the first episode, because we're going to talk about websites that actually put energy into your business rather than just being sort of a background reinforcement of what you're already doing. Yes, or websites that take energy away from your business, right? We We want your website. We hope not. We want your website to work for you, right? To support your business, not take away from your precious time and energy. Exactly. So there's a word in the website space and the online business space that is not used so much in the yoga space, and that is conversion. So basically what we're talking about is websites that converge. What is a conversion and why do we want it? Yeah, so a conversion in general terms is just an action that you want people to take on your site. So whether that is contacting you on your contact form, it could also be signing up for your newsletter or it could be signing up for a paid offering such as a course or a class or a workshop. When it comes to building out your website, like being really clear in what those conversions, like where you want people to convert on your website, and then the messaging behind that, like how you're going to get them to convert is really important versus having this like, you know, 10 paragraph long bio about me where people just come to your site and they read about you and then they're like, that's great. But then they leave, you know, they're not really supporting your business, (laughs) and they're most likely not going to come back. Right. So it's, it's pretty intuitive that having people take action on your site is a good thing, but it might not be clear how to make that happen, how to help people (laughs) take action on your site. So that's what we're really going to talk about today. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially I was a yoga teacher, my first website was way more of this kind of like digital business card. I felt like in order to feel a certain level of confidence and professional in my business, I just needed like this kind of like landing page for people to come to see that I had a legitimate business, to see that I had put time and energy into creating a website to describe a little bit about myself and my services. But I really didn't have this sense of like, conversion of how I wanted people to interact with the website. You know, websites are interactive digital platforms. It's not just like a piece of paper or a flyer that you get. So you want people to be informed, to receive the messaging and information, but then to take action. Yeah. And I think it's totally legitimate to have a website that's more like a digital business card. But I think it's good to be clear on which type of website you're creating. because 
I've talked to a lot of people, if they're not educated in web design, they have really unrealistic expectations about what their website is going to do and really unrealistic expectations about how much work it's going to take to have a website that converts. So in the last episode, we really talked about your minimum website that you won't feel ashamed of. And that is a business card site plus a little bit, right? We said, have one thing at least, one action that you want them to take on that website. And if that's where you're at, don't feel bad about that. Because to create a website that actually drives business is a big investment. It's either going to be a big investment of your time, financially, or probably both, frankly, probably both. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I built my first website as a, as a yoga teacher and a massage therapist. I pretty much used it. So when I met someone in person, you know, uh, I would give them a business card or I would just say, hey, go to my website. You can read about my upcoming retreats or my class or something. And then when I would maybe promote about a retreat on social media, I felt like I had that landing page where they could go to and be validated. I wanted to offer a blog post. I'm not a, a writer, a natural born writer. And, you know, I had that blog on there for, gosh, three years. And, and I put up two posts the whole time. So that's, that's an example of like, oh, yeah, I want to have like regular content and updates. And then I got to the point where I was like, no, trying to write a blog is so time consuming. And it's just not where I'm at in my business. Yeah. And then going back to uh, in our previous episode, talking about how like your website really needs to support your business model, um, not only your business model, but your lifestyle, you know, where you are in your life, how much time and energy you can dedicate that to build your website out to really support your business and your growth. But if you don't have a lot of time and you don't have money and you just need a quick and simple, quick and dirty, you know, like just know that that's where you're at in your life and just honor that and be okay with that. And I think it's also important to mention that this is not an all or nothing proposition, that you don't have to choose either a very simple business card site or a full-on huge commitment site that there are lots of platforms, and we're going to talk in the next episode of this series about different platforms, but there's lots of platforms that are expandable. So you can start with that one page, and then you can start to layer in some of the elements that Angela and I are going to talk about in this episode. So you, you don't have to jump into the deep end. You can swim out slowly, and you can you know take your time. Yes. And I think it's it's always good to have that plan for growth, having a, you know, even a two-year, a five-year plan of like, not only how do I want my business website to grow, but how do I want my business and my lifestyle, you know, to change and evolve? Like for a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, found like, oh wow, I can teach online fully. And I can work remotely from wherever I want in the world. And maybe you find that like that freedom of location is, is a top value for you and your lifestyle, you know? So then how do I expand my website if I'm just offering private or public classes? How do I expand that to offer some other um, content that people could purchase 
while I'm living this, you know, nomadic lifestyle. Exactly. And that's one of the ways I was actually thinking about this episode is that you can use it to get a sense of where you're headed, perhaps in the future. If you know that eventually you want to have a website that is going to really support your business, then you you want to know what that looks like and what that's going to take so that you can take the actions to get you there. Angela, you talked about planning ahead and getting having this vision. I think it's really important to periodically zoom out and say, what do I want? Am I headed in the right direction? And then really zoom in and focus on micro steps, one little step at a time, because every step that you take is going to give you confidence and inspiration for the next step. But the more you procrastinate and put things off, that type of energy is also going to build. So that's why this idea of creating that one page website first is such a great place to start because at the end of that, you're going to feel so good and so accomplished and capable. So that is going to really help you in in growing over the long term. So in, in the last episode, we talked about how you don't need to have a super clear niche in order to create that one page website, in order to just get started and have a nice website that you feel proud of. When we're talking about a website that drives business, the conversation changes. It becomes essential to understand who you are speaking to and what they really care about, what they desire, what they lie awake thinking about at night. A common mistake I see, especially in like the wellness space, is people are so passionate about what they're offering and they want to tell their story because it's this crazy journey. And, you know, they never knew they were going to be teaching yoga and they came from the corporate world. And it's like, yes, that's great. But like, we need to really talk about your audience. Maybe you want to focus on working with people that are high performance, people that don't have a lot of time to dedicate to their practice and they need a quick at home 30 minute class in the morning, you know, before they go to work or something like you can really hone in on their problem, their pain points and how you can offer a solution. Yeah. Scan through your website and make sure that it's more about your clients than it is about you. And I also think it's important to clarify that it does not have to be about demographics at all. You don't have to say, you know, women over age 40 or anything like that, because as long as people share a similar desire or problem, that's good enough. There is absolutely no need to identify demographic information about your people. Some people do find it helpful. Personally, I like to imagine a specific person over like a composite person. And I do this a lot when I'm talking or writing. I imagine an actual human being that I know who has this problem or this desire. And it makes my words more real, more conversational, and also more compassionate and empathetic. Like there's a real connection because it's a real human. And I hope that when people listen to me when I'm doing that or read my words, that, that it lands in that way that I care about them. 
I love that. Yeah. And I would say to add to that, I get so much inspiration from my clientele, and I'm sure you do as well. If you are, have existing clientele asking them for feedback and for testimonials, how important is it to update your website with new content on a regular basis if we're trying to create a website that, that drives business? Mm. That's a tricky one. I would say it really depends on your business model and kind of like how you structure your website and how you want to drive traffic. So I'll give I'll give an example. I would say every one of my clients that comes to me for a website redesign or building a new website, you know, wants to rank high in SEO. And sometimes I have clients that have these one-page websites that want to rank high in search. If you do want to rank high in search and you want people to find you organically by searching um, certain keywords, like that is a moment when, yes, you need to be producing content on a regular basis. Like your business uh, is based around content. So you are producing content regularly through your podcast and your blog posts, you know, but that that isn't the business model for everyone. I think I mentioned to you that, you know, I tried to have a blog in my first website and I posted two blogs in two years. Like that obviously wasn't the right business model for me. But if you do want to drive traffic through search and through content, consistency is key. So doing that over time, you know, it, it's really a long-term game, but other there are other ways to drive traffic to your site as well. Great. Let's talk about those. <laughs> what are those? So Promoting yourself through your social media channels is another way that you can drive traffic. Some people that might not have a website currently or they're just starting out, they've been on these social media channels through Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, you know, for a while. And maybe they built up quite a big audience through that, up your audience and trying to drive them to your website. Another way is through paid advertisement. So you can do that on Google. You can do that through Facebook and Instagram as well. The only one other strategy that I would add is a little bit of a stealth strategy. Sometimes people really don't like to be on social media. They don't have the business model or the time for organic search, but they're really great at networking. So you can get in front of other people's audiences by doing podcast interviews like Angela's doing right now. I am sure that some of you are going to click the link in the show notes of these episodes and go to her website. So this is going to drive traffic for Angela. You can also do webinars or workshops for people. You could guest blog posts. Like maybe you know you can't be consistent enough to have your own blog but you definitely have the bandwidth to write one or two or a few articles per year. So that's the other strategy that I think is underutilized, underappreciated, because it can really be very effective. It can be this slow growth strategy. You can have results right away, but then you can have continued results over time. Paid ads, <laughs> they they can give you really fast results, but if you stop paying, you stop getting results. Yes. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Not my strategy right now, but in previous companies that I worked at, that was the strategy, you know, and they had the budget for it. Yeah. Yeah. You need a budget and you need to have a message that has already been working organically. Like I talked to a lot of yoga teachers who have this idea that a lot of times these are like pretty new yoga teachers, like they've been teaching less than a year or less than a few years. And they think that they can run some ads and develop a business, a yoga business through ads, but they don't have a following. They don't have their messaging down. They don't have anything. They'd be starting from scratch. And they think that ads are a shortcut. Well, in a situation like that, they're a shortcut to spending a lot of money and getting nothing in return because it's very expensive to test your messaging using paid ads. You want to test your messaging free first. And, and once you have messaging that really works, then you can start working with ads. Yes. No, absolutely. And and like you said, I there's there's definitely not a one one fits all model. Um, and that's why I'm such a huge fan of like promoting like what is the lifestyle that you want to lead? You know, do you want to be promoting yourself on social media? So many I'm not a huge social media person, so I know that that's not my strengths, you know, and I think you and I know that at some point sometimes you need to hire out for that if you really want to see growth in your business. For me personally, like I see such a huge turn return on investment from just speaking on podcasts and sharing, you know, uh, my knowledge and really trying to like serve a broader audience. So it's not only a joy for me, but it's also like part of my business strategy to reach out to people like yourself that have an existing audience. So if you're, if you're a yoga teacher and maybe podcasting doesn't make sense for your business model like how can you partner with another yoga teacher that maybe has a bigger audience you know and and offer workshops together just to get more exposure and to get in front of more people that you can later sell to eventually down the road yeah i will say that you need to make sure that you have something to offer that person because people who have audiences get a lot of pitches and mm -hmm. If you're basically just saying, hey, will you share your audience with me? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> there's, there's no motivation. We cannot, I mean, not that I have that huge an audience, but I have a decent sized audience. I get pitched a lot and I don't have the time or energy to partner with everybody who is interested. So I have to choose. And for me, what I choose is like, okay, what are the symbiotic skill sets that I think would really be valuable for the people who listen to my podcast and follow me that maybe I have some skill in it, but this person has more, or maybe I don't know any about it at all and I'm interested in learning. So I think that's just a really important thing to keep in mind. If you're reaching out to people, get clear on what you have to offer them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say like, it's really just like your business model. If you are only seeing private clients, like I have one of one of my website clients, long-term website client and friend and teacher. Um, she's an amazing, amazing therapeutic yoga teacher. And her business model is seeing 20 private clients a week. And she's at the level in her business 
where that's really all she needs right now to live like a really good life, sustainable business. She has, you know, repeat clients. She has a waiting list. So like her strategy for outreach and driving traffic to her website is very different from someone who would want to be selling courses regularly and having, you know, live stream classes and stuff. So like really thinking about, okay, well, how, like, how big does this funnel need to be? Like, how many people do I need to drive to my website to have the sustainable business that I want? And like, am I offering stuff that makes sense to invest in things like paid advertisement or public outreach or guest blog posts? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point that especially if you have that sort of business card website, your business model might actually be primarily word of mouth. And like you were talking about with your first website, it's just a way to legitimize yourself when you first meet somebody. They can go, they can learn a little bit about you. They can say, okay, this is a real person with a real business. Yes. And it doesn't mean even if you have that one, two, three page website, that people aren't going to find you on search, you know, like I actually did have a few people that found me on search, you know, of like private yoga. I live in Barcelona, private yoga in English, you know, and they, they found me through that. But for the most part, for me, my website at that time was serving me by just giving me like professional clout and the acting as like a place for people to land when they wanted to know more information about me. So I went to networking events. When I first moved here, I was then every single networking event going there and just trying to meet as many people in person as I could because I knew that that's where my strength was, was meeting people in person, talking about what I do. I'm not strong on video or at least I'm working on it. You know, I don't feel super comfortable Whereas other people maybe have like a thriving YouTube channel <laughs> and that's where your audience is, you know, that's where you can really spend your time and energy. So let's talk about data and analytics. Why are analytics important and how can we use them to improve our website? Yes. So as we all know, knowledge is power when, especially if you're trying to build out a, a more robust website that is driving traffic and is converting, you want to have some data to back up your decisions that you're making. So then you can, you can know where traffic is, is coming from and you can spend more time and energy in that space or that channel focusing to drive even more. And then from there, when they do land on your site, are they staying on your site? Um, and then where are they going? You know, so I have some clients that their business model is around content, like yourself building out podcasts and blogs. And like, they'll sometimes just have a blog post that they just like nail it with this keyword that is like a buzz keyword and they're getting a ton of traffic around it. And so we look at that and we're like, okay, let's get an, a download on that blog post that gives people like further tools and more information and try to get people, capture those people to get a conversion on that particular page to sign up for that download and join their newsletter, you know? And then um, if we see that there's one particular blog post that's doing really well, 
maybe we want to do a follow-up to that or look at similar keywords that are also kind of like buzzwords at the moment. So really using it, that knowledge as power to like help you in your decision-making when you are thinking about areas to grow and to build out on your website. And if you look at also where you're, not only you're spending money, but where you're spending your time. You know, if you're spending 10 hours a week on producing content and social media, and then is that driving traffic to your website? And maybe the answer is no. And then it's like, well, maybe you want to like rethink how much time and energy you're dedicating to those platforms. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to check in on a regular basis and make sure that you are spending your time and energy wisely, that you're really focusing on what is working. I, I do see a lot of yoga teachers hammering on something that's not working for them. A lot of times that is actually social media where they're like, yeah, I get two likes on my posts. I'm like, do something different or get off social media because that's not worth your time. You know, I think there's a lot of advice about consistency, like keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up. Well, I think that 10 years ago, you could keep showing up with almost any kind of content. And yes, it's true. You would build. But nowadays, you're competing with so many more people. If your message isn't capturing people, it's not like really grabbing them, then it, you're either not in the right place or you don't have the right message. And I think continuing to do the same thing over and over without getting results is is not the right strategy. Now, you don't have to blow up immediately, but you need to see consistent growth. If you're not seeing consistent growth, if you look over your, let's say your follower count and you have like 10 more followers than you had last year, that is not worth your time. You got to do something else or you got to go somewhere else. I totally agree with you on that. I think a lot of times it's easier when you're a business owner and you're running your own business to focus on these small things that don't really impact your bottom line. You know, they don't impact like your revenue, how many clients you're seeing, but it's easier to spend time on those because you feel like I can control this. I can like close this out, you know, doing this post, spending 45 minutes on this post versus taking that step back and looking at your business from that like broader lens, that takes a lot more kind of like mental energy and focus than focusing on these small things. Yeah. And sometimes it's the thing that's scary, like reaching out to somebody and asking to partner or pitching yourself to be on a podcast or something like that, that we avoid with the detail work. And, And I think that's really relevant to this conversation that If you get into a project on your website and it starts taking you a lot longer than you anticipated, ask yourself, like step back for a moment and say, how important is this? Is this going to have an impact on the bottom line if you can't get that text to line up just right? Probably the answer is no. And probably you should just give it a rest and ask yourself, what could I actually do right now that would make a difference? Could I add a new call to action on that page? That would be worth investing in versus, you know, trying to get some alignment perfect because you know what? It won't be perfect on all browsers anyway. 
Yes, yes. I see this so, so often in branding projects and website projects with clients is they start nitpicking on like one little thing that they need three rounds of revision on it. And I'm like, this is not this is this is not going to affect your business whatsoever. You know, this is you like narrowing down and trying to focus on something that you feel like you can control when like we need to move forward, you know? And so I, it, it's it's also trying to be compassionate and understand. I currently, we just did a, a rebrand that we're about to launch for my business. And I, I felt like a whole new level of compassion going through the process of doing a branding project. Like, because it, it is personal, you know, when it's your business and it's your website and you want everything to feel perfect, but perfection isn't attainable. And we all know that our websites are always evolving. Like I almost feel like a, a website is never really done, right? You can launch it and you can close out a phase and you can step away. Like you don't need to think about every week, what do I have to do? But it should reflect where you are in your business, you know, and that's going to constantly change and evolve and your website should change with you. Agreed. So when we're thinking about, well, what is important? What should I spend my time on? The thing that really comes to me is making it easy for people to take action, making it clear and easy. And so some of that is going to come over time. Talking about perfectionism, if you try to get your copy perfect before you launch a page, you're just never going to launch. So you just got to get it good enough and then start soliciting feedback. This is where we ended the last episode, but I think it it bears repeating here that this is going to continue to be a project and Here's a suggestion. This is going a little bit beyond what I would recommend for somebody from that last episode is watch somebody navigate your website. Literally look over their shoulder or have them record a screen share of the first time they see your website. Where do they go? Where do they pause? Where do they spend time? And what do they just miss? That is going to be super valuable. And I think that would be a really great way to spend your time and energy. Yes, I love that. Say you launch a course or a workshop and people are asking you repeatedly the same question. Like, oh, okay, that's actually not clear um, in this workshop if it's for people with injuries. Like, let me just throw up a quick FAQ section or let me just add one sentence, the copy around that of like how it's okay for people with injuries to attend. Yeah. And the last step that I take whenever I'm working on a page is I try to step back and say, okay, if I didn't know anything about this offering, what would stand out to me here? What would be clear and what is missing? So I kind of try to take that perspective. That is also a really great way to spend your time and energy in ways that are going to improve the functionality of your website over just how it looks. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Like the hierarchy of kind of where people's eyes are drawn to and attracted. And like you said, if it's not clear, like who it's for or 
how they get in touch or how they sign up and pay. You know, you might have like missed some of those things when you were deep in the weeds of writing the description out. So just taking that moment to zoom out a little bit, you can even take like a screenshot of your full website page, you know, and you can like create a PDF of it and then like zoom out and see the whole thing instead of also just like scrolling down the page, seeing section by section. Sometimes that's helpful for me as well when I'm looking at a page thinking like, maybe that should be at the top of the sales page. Yeah, exactly. I know being a wellness professional or yoga teacher, especially if you're running your own business can be lonely. But you know, if you know another yoga teacher and you both want to make some improvements on like building out your site or, you know, trying to produce more content or get a course or a workshop set up, like meet with that person, talk about what your goals are, what your dates are, when you're going to provide them that and then get feedback from them. And I think having an account accountability person, whether or not you're working with a coach or a professional website designer, if you can't afford those, try to work with someone and you can see how that, that will really help you in reaching those goals. Yeah, good point. Everything is easier in community, I think. Yes. Well, thank you again, Angela, for another awesome conversation. And yeah, we'll meet back here soon for a conversation about the tech side of things and how to set things up on the back end. So looking forward to that. Very excited. Yes, thank you.